You have heard the evidence. The decision of the council will now be heard. Guilty. 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 Good morning, Your Honor. May I approach the bench? I don't give a damn what anyone thinks. I stay up all night and I smoke and I drink. I'm a wanted man and I'm blowing town. Don't waste your time trying to hunt me down. The cops are saying I belong behind bars And I'm guilty I'm guilty as charged I never lost a fight Good evening, Hedonists, and welcome to Geek Salad, episode 52, Guilty as Charged. I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. And we are going to be talking today about um, our favorite guilty pleasures... Which wouldn't seem that weird, except they're not really nerdy, guilty pleasures. Right, yeah. We might have to hand in our nerd cards after this. I, I think so. I, I have, um, I, I've had to tear up all of my Star Wars posters and melt all my Star Wars figures. And, and I actually had to break one of my fingers so I couldn't do the uh, Live Long and Prosper Vulcan thing. No, you haven't. Okay, that's a, that's a lie. Yeah. All right, so anyway... <laughs> um, Let's just get started. We got a letter uh, as part of our regular segment, Chris's Cultural Corner. KKK, that's not good. So uh, this is from Chris. Hey, Andy and Mike. First off, thank you for the well wishes on the birth of my son, future MLB star Santino. He was born on August 30th at a healthy 9 pounds, 1 ounce. Uh, both Gina and Santino are doing well. Excellent. And he did attach a picture. Um, it's kind of in the in a little Aww. thumbnail there. Oh, he's adorable. Yeah. Um, and he's wearing a baseball outfit. Of course. So okay, that's fine. Santino is a perfect baseball name. It, it kind of is. Yeah. So anyway, on to the topic at hand: guilty pleasures. Since I am so pressed for time now that I have a newborn to take care of, I only have one guilty pleasure to talk about: Glee. Yes, I admit it. I'm a Gleek. I guess it stems from my love of 80s music since quite a few of the songs that show covers are 80s songs. Also, my wife is a big Broadway show tunes fan and has rubbed off on me too. As you know, there are many Broadway influences in Glee, like Leah Michelle, Matthew Morrison, Kristen Chenoweth, Adina Menzel, and even Jane Lynch, who played Carol Brady in the off-Broadway production of The Real Live Brady Bunch. I also think that Jane Lynch's character of show antagonist Sue Sylvester is one of the funniest characters on TV today. Thanks, Chris. Again, Chris, congratulations on congratulations, uh, Santino. Um, do you have you ever watched Glee? I have never you watched have a single not. episode of Glee. Um, Glee and I had a messy divorce at the end of the second season. Oh, um, I was watching it. The first season was actually really, really good. Okay, um, but I could tell that the longer they go, the thinner it was going to get. And I've seen shows like that. They're just running out of plots. They're running out of plots. Here, here's my here are my issues with Glee and Chris. I hope you enjoy season three because I'm probably going to have to ask you what's going on because <laughs> I have actually deleted it from my DVR. Hey, that's what Wikipedia is for. Yeah, we are not watching another season of it. The second season pissed me off so badly for a number of reasons. First of all, first of all, I I just am sick of Leah Michelle's character. 
Uh, Rachel Berry is one of the most annoying characters on television, and they, they seem to make her a despicable human being, but still want you to feel sorry for her. Oh, okay. So they, they kind of want to have their cake and eat it, too. Gotcha. Um, Matthew Morrison, I think, is, is overused on the show. He's the teacher, Mr. Schuster. Um, he, he's, he's not a bad singer, but it's just... I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just deem his relationship with his students to be a little bit on the inappropriate side. <laughs> um, Why don't you wear these short skirts the next time you sing? <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth, Adina Menzel, they kind of did their own little things for a couple of episodes here and there. Gwyneth Paltrow, apparently we learned that she could sing because of that. Well, we knew that she could sing. She sang a couple movies. Yeah, it's true. But this was kind of like, she, she actually sang um, the cleaned up version of uh, CeeLo Green's uh, Fuck You song. Okay. Cleverly titled "Forget You," <laughs> and um, Sue Sylvester's character was really cool that first season. Then it turned into this. She was she became a cartoon supervillain. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, essentially, every time one of her plans was thwarted, I'm amazed that she didn't like crank her her fist to the sky, screaming "Schuster!" Well, again, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't the, for you, Glee kids, and your metal mangy, kids, and your mangy dog. The biggest now here is my biggest issue with the show is that there are a couple of very, very talented people on that show right. that I don't think get enough to do, or when they do, it's usually the feel bad for me uh, okay. stuff. Uh, Chris Colfer is the best actor on that show. He plays Kurt. Um, who has had a very... I mean, when, when they first introduced him to the, to the show, you knew he was gay, but he hadn't come out to anybody yet. Um, essentially, wor- worst uh, worst fashion sense of any gay man I've ever met. Okay. Uh, it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. I'm, I'm sure that there are people that would laugh at him right. for what he was wearing. Um, but he's a great singer. He's really the only guy that kind of has brought Broadway back to the, sh- to the show right. in some way, shape, or form. And the relationship with his dad... Uh, is fantastic. It's probably the best, one of the best written uh, sequences that I've seen on television in a long time. So he's excellent. Heather Morris is another one who started off as like a side character, Brittany, who was just unbelievably stupid. Okay. And she did so well in the first season, they brought her back as a uh, full-time cast member in the second season. And there was actually talk of an Emmy nomination for her because she was so wow. good. She didn't get it. Of course. But she is hysterical because not only is she dumb, she says unbelievably stupid things like Shar- uh, dolphins are nothing more than gay sharks. <laughs> and she has a, uh, a, a web show that features her, um, her cat, Lord Tubbington, who actually puts my fat cat, Edward, to shame. Wow. Yeah, I know. Well, you're just looking for a reference. Our cat, we're recording in the basement as we have been the last few months, and uh, my cat Edward usually hangs out here, and he's kind of vanished. He was yeah, tormenting he, his sister. Yeah, he ran upstairs. Yep, yep. So, uh, Chris, thanks again. So let's let's move on to our topic of uh, guilty pleasures. Yep. And I'm going to start on a subject we don't talk nearly enough about on this show. Mainly because neither one of us really participates in any of this. True, true. We're talking about sports. Yeah. Um, you know what the funny thing is? When you go back and listen to episode one, which is available on podbean.com, yep. in our retro section, um, when, I, when I first t- started talking about all the stuff we're going to talk about throughout the episodes, one of them was sports. Yeah. And we have done a piss poor job of talking about sports. I've made a couple of, we've, we've talked about wrestling quite a bit. And I made that hockey reference a few episodes back when I was 
drunk and, and and to be fair wrestling is more of entertainment rather than sports it's a nerd sport yeah all right although brief aside way to go as patriots winning the first game yes sorry my uh miami my miami friends yes we just do better yeah (laughs) anyway um so i had a bunch of people these are coming out of the letters that we got from our faithful listeners uh we're gonna start off with uh boz First name, Brian, who wants to talk about... uh, First of all, he wanted to know if playing a sport counts because he misses playing hockey. Yes, that counts. Yes. Hockey may be the most nerdy of legitimate sports. Think about this. The people that you know who love hockey, love hockey like it's a woman. Okay. Think about that. Now, now, when you mentioned the legitimate sports... Yeah. Are we discounting mud wrestling? Uh, we are discounting mud wrestling, roller derby, um, oil, and jello wrestling. Dang. All of the food wrestlings we are, we are discounting here. Okay, I mean, then I'm really, checked out. Let, let, worry. If we talk the big four, and I am leaving uh, European football, a.k.a. soccer, out of the mix. Sorry, Alyssa. Sorry. Yes, I, I actually love um, European football. Mm-hmm. But in America, the four, the four biggies are football, baseball, basketball, and to a much lesser extent, hockey. American football, that is. American football, yes. Or as you would call it, rugby. I just think it's rather odd that a nation that prides itself on its virility should feel compelled to strap on 40 pounds of protective gear just in order to play rugby. <laughs> um, yeah, hockey definitely has its own series of fans. Yes. My co-worker Courtney and her husband Court love hockey. I they re- love it so much that their love has taken away their, their, their like of other sports and turned it into pure hatred. Wow. Court loves hockey so much that it is in turn turned him into hating baseball. That's too bad. Yeah, I know. Uh, with As far as baseball goes, I'm always of the opinion that, of, um, that you know, that Simpsons episode where Homer can't drink for a while? Yeah. He goes to that uh, baseball game with Barney. <laughs> he's like, I never realized how boring this sport was. <laughs> The wind-up and the 2-2 pitch. Oh, no, sir, wait a minute. The banner is calling for time. Looks like he's going and getting himself a new bat. And now there's a beach ball on the field. And the ball boys are discussing which one of them's going to go get it. I never realized how boring this game is. Yeah, it, it's. I, I love baseball. Baseball is my favorite sport, but, yeah, it can get really dull. Yeah. Really Especially when you're fast. not drinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I drink at games. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Mark, who uh, wanted to talk about fantasy football. Um, very, very he, nerdy. He's, yeah, I mean, essentially Mark's words were, what about fantasy football? Isn't that just a form of D&D? Yes, Mark, it is. Yeah. Um, again, this is the obsessive nature of sports, mm-hmm. where uh, I mean, you could be really nerdy about something like this. Um, last night, I was referenced the Patriots game again, Wes Welker... Mm-hmm. Uh, had a um, phenomenal. Oh God! Essentially, it was a touchdown rec- receipt, ninety nine point five y- uh, yards. Yes, ninety nine and a half, tying the number one run. You can't. Ever. Yeah, you can't beat that because that's exactly how much length of field you have to yeah. go. Um, and when I went on Facebook to check that out, it just lit up with, "Well, thank God I have Welker on my fantasy team because I'm out <laughs> of the basement now." Something like that. Um, I have seen rational men, men that love their local teams. That they love the Patriots. They love mm-hmm. the Red Sox. They love the Yankees. They love uh, the Dodgers. They love the Dolphins. But when they get into fantasy sports, yeah. 
they have they have just turned into a different animal where they will root for whoever's on their team. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting story. When uh, J- Jim and I one year went into, uh, we kind of did a fantasy team together. It was my first time doing a fantasy sport. He wanted to help me out with it. So we get into this really, this really cheap league, a really shitty league, too. Oh, fun. Ridiculous. The commissioner of that league just wouldn't allow any trades anywhere oh, unless nice. they benefited him. Um, but we end up with first-round draft pick, and we got Alex Rodriguez. Nice. Now, uh, Jim and I are both diehard Red Sox fans. Yeah. We swallowed our pride. We took Alex Rodriguez. And I think he got injured or something like that. This was uh, prior to their um, 09 World Series win. Okay. And Jim's wife was furious with him. <laughs> At least that's how he put it. It's like, yeah, she wasn't too happy with that. <laughs> it's just fantasy <laughs> sports. Uh, now, have you ever done a no. fantasy? No, All right. No. Um, I, I used to work at you know I used to work at Circuit City, and yep. pretty much everyone else that did that did fantasy football. Yeah, but. I never bought. I joined when I was working there. I actually joined a, a fantasy league there. I don't remember who was running it, but oh, I was awful. Yeah. It's like every guy I picked would end up either injured or uh, suspended for drugs. <laughs> Terrible. Um, I but, told you not to vote for Roger Clemens. The thing though that really I, I just love about fantasy football, and really anybody who who says otherwise is an idiot or a liar. Part of the fun is just naming your team something. Yeah. Usually something racy, something controversial. Uh, my first fantasy football team were the Los Angeles Pornographers. <laughs> also, Ori- originally, also- my little avatar picture was just like this gigantic, like, fat guy with a lot of gold around his neck and like that, 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 that hairy white belly with a cigar. I'm like, okay, well, you look like your traditional, like... Basement pornographer. I'll use you. Los Angeles pornographers, also known as Hollywood agents. <laughs> um, and then there was the year when I did that baseball team. I had the Exticles. Oh, that's nice. I yeah, that. and they were um, my avatar. Actually, I found a GIF that worked as my avatar. Okay, and it was a cut up of uh, Blue from the Baroness uh, from uh, the Jungle Book. I think he was doing uh, the King Louis song. Okay. He's kind of just bouncing his shoulders up and down, and then they show all these kids getting hit with a super soaker. <laughs> But when you cut it together, they all kids just look like right. they just spunked on by a giant blue bear. So uh, yes, it definitely counts. Yes. Um, now Adam, our, our brand new listener, and I think our number one fan now, seems he, to be. Yeah. He has seriously become a super fan. This is awesome. Good for you. Adam has given me the excuse to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about, and I've had. Zero recourse to do so within this show for three years. Because I'm not a huge fan. No, no, you did mention this back in one episode, I Okay, think. but I really haven't gotten into it at yeah. all. I'm talking about ultimate fighting. Okay. Uh, in Adam's words from his letter, yes, ultimate fighting. Now I know it looks like two roided out freaks humping each other in front of thousands of onlookers, sometimes. I wonder why, what channel my TVR is actually recorded for wait, me. Wait a second. I thought we were talking. I thought you said no mud wrestling. <laughs> well, there's not mud wrestling. There's no mud in the octagon. Okay. Uh, but there is something about Joe Rogan and Bruce Buffer narrating a bloody battle for meager winnings and even less credibility than the substitute gym teacher that has me completely entertained. I do think the Nordic gods. I do thank the Nordic gods for the the invention of DVR when the humping goes on longer than a few seconds. But for the most part, I find the mix of fighting styles interesting. The blood and face punching helps a lot. <laughs> I actually, I'm, I'm not a huge, huge fan because okay. I, I always get that deer in a headlights look when people are like mentioning fighters' names to me. Mm-hmm. 
But I do have some favorites. I love George St. Pierre. Um, I love Matt Hughes. No one else likes Matt Hughes. I love Matt Hughes. Uh, Forrest Griffin. Th- those types of guys. I like I like those guys a lot. Cain uh, Velasquez. I think it's it's very entertaining. But yes, um, I agree with Adam. Sometimes when that when the ground and pounds get a little too humpy, you just want to fast forward because there is nothing that will bring a match to a screeching halt faster than two guys rolling around on the floor together. Big guys rolling around in a ring and wearing just speedos. There's a lot of homoerotic themes, but you know what? I don't see it. I just don't see it either. Oh, God. That is so gay. We were so wrong. That is so gay. That could not be gayer. What is this, a scene from Spartacus? Oh, and they're making it gayer they somehow right now. made it gayer. I'll buy that. Yeah. I'll buy that, yeah. Um, but it is, so, it, it, it is. It is. It is true athleticism. These are the best athletes working today for, as Adam put it, meager winnings and even less credibility. Yeah. I have to have a daily conversation with one of the guys I work with about what's better, MMA or boxing. And he always brings up the pay in boxing. Boxing's better because Mayweather made X amounts of millions of dollars. Yes, but... But here's the thing with boxing. There is one money match left in the entire sport of boxing, and it will never happen. Mayweather-Pacquiao will never, ever, ever happen. Okay. You don't follow boxing either, do you? No, no, I've got that during the headlight look right okay, now. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's... It, boxing's just a stand-up game. It, it, it takes a lot of athleticism, don't get me wrong, but... MMA is just, there's so much going on. There's a lot of different martial arts styles going on. And yes, the face punching. Yeah. So, um, now one thing I want to bring up as well, actually, you know what? Let's go to landing first, then we'll, then we'll talk about my sad love of something. Yes. Our good, oh, my co-worker, Andy's former co-worker, uh, Lanning, brought up the NFL draft. He is obsessed with it. He will watch it on TV. He'll read about it in the internet. He'll listen to it in the radio. Anything about the NFL draft, he'll pay attention to. Wow. That's, that takes some doing. Yeah. That really does. Now, interesting story about the NFL draft. In 2004, the day I got married was the day of the NFL draft. Well, you got drafted then, huh? Yeah, I did. Cool. Um, what happened was we, 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 um, my, my kind of meeting point for everybody was my mother's house. All right. So we could get dressed, have something to eat before we all had to go to the church. And that was the day of the NFL draft. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of pacing around, you know, just making sure that I, you know, I'm dressed, fly zip, sober as a church, you know, as a pastor, all that stuff. And everybody is watching the NFL draft. <laughs> and it's just, it's amazing how guys getting up on a stage, talking for three seconds and getting down. And holding is, a shirt. Is holding a shirt. is so interesting. But the one thing about the, that I'll always take away from the NFL draft the year that I got married was... Um, I, I became ravenously hateful of Eli Manning. I became that when the Giants beat the Patriots. Yeah, don't, let's not talk about it. that. Didn't happen. Okay. Yes. When, when the when the football ends up wedged in someone's helmet, that shouldn't be called. Oh, you you received the ball. It's a complete pass. Yeah. Um, Eli Manning. I actually, I actually, you know, this is blasphemy as a, as a Patriots fan. I actually like and respect Peyton Manning. You know, injured, injured right he, was, now. he was injured and probably won't be playing for the entire season. <laughs> and but... So the Colts are going down in flames. Yep, Sorry, yeah. but fans. I, I like him a lot. Eli, on the other hand, the day of the draft okay. was the day they announced that Pat Tillman, who um, gave up a million dollar contract with the uh, the Phoenix Cardinals to go fight in Afghanistan, 
They announced that day, April 24th, that he was killed in action. Oh, wow. This was the same day that Eli Manning was going to become the, fir- the first-round draft pick, and the same day that Eli Manning decided that he didn't want to go to the San Diego Chargers, he wanted to go to a big-money team. So everybody is mourning the loss of somebody who gave, it, gave up everything, and I mean literally everything, mm-hmm. to fight for his country, and this spoiled little baby is complaining about money and you know, commercial, you know, commercial markets. and Yeah. Yeah. So, whatever. Whatever. Gotcha. Uh, but let me get back to something I love. Okay. My, I have a sad, sad, pathetic love for MLB throwback apparel. I think you mentioned that before. Yeah, I have a number of different hats. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite hats is the old school Milwaukee Brewers hat, where the M and the B come together to form a mitt. Oh, they, right, yeah. They, I they, that one. they pretty much, I mean, the Brewers don't use it anymore, they've retired that logo. I think they only have it on a couple of things here and there. In my opinion, the Brewers should have a beer stein as their logo. They should. They Brewers? Should. Hello? Yeah, but I, even the MB, it's clever because you don't notice it at first. Even when I was a kid and I used to get like these collectible sticker books right. where you get all the players. And I was like, oh, look, they've got a mitt. I didn't realize it was MB, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah. Um, I love stuff like that. I have an old school uh, Brooklyn Dodgers hat. Uh, the old school 70s Phillies hat that looks like a soft serve swirl. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as a Red Sox fan, I don't wear the hats if, we're, if we are playing them in a series. Yeah. And if uh, Sox ever make it to the World Series again and they play either Philly or Milwaukee, I will not wear those hats. Uh, one thing I, I have to get my hands on. There are two things I have to get my hands on in terms of throwback. All right. Uh, and one is not even MLB. I do want to get a uh, Hartford Whalers Wow. Hat. Because I guess those, that's like the biggest selling hockey apparel now is Hartford Whalers. And they don't even exist anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I see that stuff all over the place. I also want to get my hands on. And somebody, if you see one at a reasonable price, let me know. I am looking for an old school Sandy Koufax away jersey. All right. Sandy Koufax is one of my all-time favorite pitchers. Okay. He's interesting story. He's a lefty like me, so I'm kind of like, oh, you're the first great left-handed pitcher. <laughs> Excellent. I've read his books. I, I absolutely adore the guy. But I guess there's a, a thing with like the, the merchandising of his name where they haven't really come to any terms of that. So there is nothing available for Sandy Koufax. Okay. So, And I really want the away jersey so I actually have the word Koufax written on it. Even though if you find kind of an off-kilter one that says Dodgers on the front and Koufax on the back, I'd be happy. Okay. All right? Keep your eyes open. Nobody buy it for me. I want to buy it for myself, damn it. But please, throw me a, throw me a bone if you know where I can find one at a reasonable price. And by reasonable, I mean under 50 bucks. How about, how about a nice uh, knockoff that says Koufax? <laughs> Who the hell is Koufax? <laughs> Koufax, isn't he what the Scientologists worship? I think so, yeah. Oh, my. All right, let's move on uh, to television. Yes. All right, we're going back to Adam on on this one um, with uh, viral video shows. Uh, he writes Tosh. O, Web Soup, Attack of the Show, etc. These kinds of shows are loaded with questionably funny hosts introducing stupid people doing stupid things, and I'm pretty much laughing from the time the show begins until the second the last puke vid slashes across my screen. I can't get enough of these viral clip shows. Bring on the rednecks. Okay. All right. Have you ever watched uh, Tosh Dotto? I have not, no. I, I've watched it every once in a while, and it's always funny when I watch it, but 
it's just me. I don't tend to make time for stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't really watched Comedy Central since, uh, well, except for South Park since they left. Um, they dropped MST3K. Yeah, they. Um, the funniest thing I saw on Tosh Dotto recently was they had this woman who was an adult film actress, mm-hmm. and she's getting ready to do a scene, and she starts throwing up. Okay. And throwing up and throwing up. And after about three minutes of this, they're finally like, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> nice. Adam also wants to bring up Scrubs. He writes, my fiancé introduced me to this show well into its eighth season. Until that time, I had always looked at it as another stupid medical-related TV dramedy and never gave it a second of my attention. On her recommendation, I watched two episodes with an open mind, and I've been hooked ever since. It is now off the air, but Comedy Central has been kind enough to syndicate it several times a day. We watch it when no thinking is needed and laughs are lacking in our day. If it's not on your DVR list, it should be. I've never watched an episode of Scrubs. Okay. I got into it halfway through the original NBC run. Okay. And it's okay. Um, it wasn't... If I had to kind of pick and choose when, when I was picking out stuff on my DVR, what to watch, it was never first. Okay. But it is... There was some very funny stuff on there. Dr. Cox, John C. McGinley, is hysterical in it. All right. So uh, go to YouTube and check out the best of Dr. Cox. I really think you would enjoy that. Oh, for the love of Our Lady of Guadalupe, that is a fine brew. Oh, it's just coffee. Oh, no, no. This is liquid crack. This is a mug full of sunshine. My dear, for me, this is like sex. Oh, is that why you always finish so quickly? Mm, and sassy, too. If you could cook a steak, I'd eat it right off your bottom. Oh, ladies, this is that beverage that I've been trying to describe to you. And it turns out this is going to sound weird, but the secret is you grind it from beans, not crap. I'll grind your beans. Oh, Laverne, honestly, when are we going to get it over with? Look, we are already understaffed, and Dr. Kelso just fired two nurses for no good reason, so you will forgive us if we don't have time for the Dr. Cox show today. Okay? Now... We have to reschedule every single nurse for the week. Well, I don't understand what we're going to do about the We don't need them, do we? Let me guess, his name is not a coincidence. Um, no, actually, he's not much of a ladies' man. His, uh, he's married with two children. He's kind of, the way that they, they do the, um, the relationship between them is, is kind of, you don't know if they love each other or hate each other. Okay. So, uh, next up on the list is actually your friend Nicole. Yeah, what did you come up with, Nicole? Uh, bad TV dramas. Um, Veronica Mars in Greek, she mentions. Actually, mention read, read her whole thing okay. here, there's quite a bit on there. All right. Um, bad, TV, bad TV dramas. Not soaps. Well, not since I dropped cable and our antenna doesn't pick up anything. But just the silly ones, i.e. Veronica Mars. Amazing show, but just such a teen drama. Greek was another good one. I've seen every episode of them but I'm uh, because I'm a dork. <laughs> no, you're not. And yeah. I, I will say that I, I I also enjoy Veronica Mars. Okay. I never watched it, but I heard... I, I, I know people did love it. Yeah. And for good reason. Yeah. I've got every single... I've actually got all three seasons on DVD. Oh. And Josh, Josh Whedon actually makes an appearance in the third season, I think. Does he? Second or third season. Huh. I haven't watched them in a while, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> I have them. Yeah, I know a lot of people like the show. Yeah. So, Cool. Cool. And I kind of like to add Buffy and Angel into those. All right. Also a huge Buffy and Angel fan. I don't... But those are nerd shows, though. Yeah. Those I are know. really nerd shows. Um, 
Let's move on. Okay, I gotta make an admission. Uh, a couple weeks ago, my my coworker Felipe, okay, told me about this show called Blue Mountain State, and he said it was hilarious. And if I like the show The League, which is about fantasy sports, mm-hmm. I will like Blue Mountain Sp- State. It airs on um, it airs on Spike TV. All right. So I was completely unaware of it, but it's streaming now on Netflix, and I gotta tell you, this show is hysterical. All right. It's about a um, college football team, a top-ranked college football team, and the idiots that do nothing but get drunk and pick up girls okay. on who are, the show. Who are on the team? Well, the, the, the guys are all on the team, and the girls are all cheerleaders and just, you know, regular campus sluts and stuff like that. Gotcha. The, uh, the center of the show, though, is this guy named Alex, who is a second-string quarterback, and he's completely content being second-string because he doesn't have to do anything. All right. He lucked into the scholarship— he lucked onto the team. He doesn't have to lift a finger to help. But now, but he's essentially become the, the, the show's moral compass. Ah, uh, okay. Gotcha. Because you got guys like uh, Tad Castle, the, the team captain, who is just a complete idiot. Oh, God. Moran, why are there hockey players in my house? Being raid on or trying out for the hockey team. They're not welcome here. They're not like us. They're a little strange, but who cares? A little strange? They play their sport on the hardest surface in the world with knives on the bottom of their feet. They get their teeth knocked out constantly and don't bother to get them fixed. They have multiple captains. Can you imagine three of me on a team? Uh, I'm going back to my bedroom. I'm going to come back out in five minutes, and if they're not gone, I'm going to kick you square in the nuts. There was this bit where they were... um they were going to get locked into the uh, fraternity house for the night just based on something they did wrong. They, they lost a big game. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, you know, I wanted to hook up with this girl. I want to hook up with this girl. And Tad's like, I don't have to worry about that. I have a pocket pussy. <laughs> so everybody actually – Alex steals it. They all they, The entire team shares it. <laughs> saying stuff like it's like having sex with a cloud and it's like having sex with a velvet bag of pu- filled with puppy ears. <laughs> And eventually they all get syphilis. <laughs> so it's very funny. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Uh, also, something that is near and dear to my heart, and we, this show has become an excuse to talk about stuff we normally wouldn't talk about. Actually, both Andy and I have this on our list. Yes. Food Network. Yeah. Big time fan. Goddamn, I love that channel. Except today, I flipped on the TV, was on Food Network, and who should appear at Paula Deen? Ugh. I, Flicked off on, flicked onto uh, Mono's hands. Fade after that. Yeah, it's um, what was it? Anthony Burdain, Burdain and uh, Paula Dean are having this yes. feud. Yeah, where he's calling her a fat cow who makes terrible, terrible food that's awful for you, and she's just like, whatever, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I understand that a, a double, a bacon double cheeseburger sandwiched between two glazed donuts isn't healthy, but why in the name of God are you making that? Because I'm betting it, betting it tastes really, really good. See, I don't... I, I think there's there's definitely a, a fine line between something that is just so sinfully delicious yeah. and something that is just, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, at uh, my birthday dinner th- this year, uh, I took my daughter to Denny's. Right. Because I'm a high roller. Yeah. And the sandwich I got was essentially, it was a big double cheeseburger with hash browns and a fried egg in it. We call it the good morning burger. <laughs> I call it the heart attack. I, you know, that is a brilliant idea. I wouldn't eat it all the time. No. I would eat one every day and kind of with the way my diet is going right now, I'm not eating them at all. <laughs> 
But there's just something about having like that burger, like that hot burger and the cheese and the, the crispy salty bacon, and then having that egg yolk just kind of like ooze. See, I prefer my eggs hard, over hard. Oh, okay. So, so give me the bacon and the burger, but... I'm a toast. I'm a toast mopper. Oh, okay. So even my omelets are runny. Because I make them the way that Alton Brown tells you to make them, and they're a little runny, and actually they're they're quite delicious. I had one today. Speaking of Alton Brown... Good eats. Good eats. Yeah, let's talk about some of the shows on Food Network that we love, because not everything is... Not everything is Alton Brown awesome. Some of it is pretty awful, like Paula Deen. Right. Um, I'm not even a big fan of Ina Garten, the Barefoot Contessa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't much care for her, but... But Alton Brown, I absolutely adore. He is a genius. Because he's a nerd like us. He's a nerd like us, but the big thing with his show is that it's not your traditional cooking show. I believe he put it that he wanted to make it like a cross between Mr. Wizard and Monty Python. I think he also mentioned Mystery Science Theater on that as well. I think he may have, but he... He comes at you, here's your topic, here's the type of food we're going to cook. But instead of just sitting you in a kitchen and showing you, okay, you know, here, we're going to slice up some, some tomatoes, we're going to do this. He actually gives you the full scientific breakdown of what happens mm-hmm. with when you're at, you know, how to get gluten oh, yeah. into your meal. What happens when you're frying things? How does the, you know, the air move around? And, and like, uh, what happens when you, when you brine a turkey and it yep. shows all the water molecules and the salt molecules and yep. back and forth, you use little puppets. Or even when he's talking about yeast and bacteria and he's oh, got yeah, little, little sock puppets. puppets. <laughs> this is sock puppets that are just doing nothing but belching the yeah. entire time. Myths are, are everywhere, I guess. Certainly true in the in the food world. Even today, uh, the culinary world is full of axioms, rules, wives' tales, even urban legends. Heck, if you can uh, get it published on paper or, or get it on the internet that's about food, people will believe that it is gospel. But is it? Well, somebody needs to find out, and I see no reason why it shouldn't be us that does the finding. So please... Join me for what I hope will become the first in a long line of episodes dedicated to shining the searing light of truth on the culinary world. I call it Culinary Myth Bus. Hello? It's my lawyer. Are you serious? Copyright infringement? Fines? Fine. As I was saying, please stay tuned for what I call Culinary Myth Smashers, because the truth is always... It is absolutely brilliant. I oh, and there was the one he, he was making a pie crust dough. He had the um, tender and flaky as oh, two, yeah. <laughs> as two little Punch and Judy puppets that kept punching him in the head. We have gotten so so much of our everyday cooking comes from Alton Brown. Yeah. As I mentioned, the omelets that uh, I make are French style omelets, thanks to Alton Brown. We have a waffle recipe. Yep, based on Alton Brown's, which works wonderfully. I was telling Mike about the uh, the book, one of the Good Eats books. That um, Alton Brown put out. There is a marinade called Rhapsody in Red that I use anytime I grill steak, and it's wonderful. Yeah. So on a bit of a sad note, we've just learned that Alton Brown 250th, the 250th episode of Good Eats is the final episode. Yeah, and that's going to be sad. But he's going to be all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, he does. He's been helping with Next Food Network star. He does Iron Chef. Mm-hmm. So. And actually, speaking of Iron Chef. I really, really miss the original Iron Chef. Oh, the original crazy Japanese Iron Chef. Yeah, I, I, you can watch it on, on um, Food Network. And just hearing him go, Fuku-san, go ahead, Ota. <laughs> like, he does it like every five seconds. You're just, 
is mind-numbing, but you also kind of want him to say it next. One of my favorite... I mean, what I love about the original Japanese Iron Chef is that the board, like the the judges that they would have, are pretty much all going to fall into a couple of different categories. The uh, waning B actress, who is like one step away from doing live-action hentai. Um, The lower-level member of the Yakuza. And usually a, a high-ranking member of parliament that answers only to Hello Kitty. <laughs> and they, they always had either a food critic, um, uh, like a female food critic, or a uh, female fortune teller. <laughs> but they were, they were like, it was always one of the two, and they were always the most critical. If, if, you, know, if you knew there was going to be something bad said about the meal, it was going to be them that said it. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh my god, it's just... And the, the beauty of the original Iron Chef was that... The, the dubbing was just as bad as any terrible 70s kung fu yeah. movie. Um, another show that I absolutely adore on, um, on the Food Network that is becoming a lot of the ways that I personally cook is Artie Party with Artie Sequeira. this one. You need to check this out. She is, she's one of the uh, next Food Network star winners. Okay. And when we were watching... Autumn and I started watching it last, not this past season, but the season before that, the one that already won. And we're watching her, and we knew she was going to win because she is something completely different from anything else on the channel. She is um, of Indian descent, mm-hmm. very delightful British accent. Oh, nice. Um, she's got a great personality. Everything is fun and smiles. And the way she cooks is easy but exotic. Awesome. So it's a lot of her, I mean, her, her point of view essentially is Indian um, with an American twist. Okay, and there are. I mean, it, I've I've garnered a great love of cardamom, which is a very expensive spice to buy. I found out. <laughs> All right, I've never personally cooked uh, with that. Cardamom is uh, very flowery. It's like uh, it's almost like a lavender, like a powdery lavender. All right, um, it's very sweet tasting, and you can put it in savory dishes as well as sweet dishes. In fact, this tonight, um, I actually in my freezer right now. I don't know if they'll be ready by the time the show's done recording, but. I made these uh, popsicles from that from Artie's recipe that have condensed milk, evaporated milk, and about two tablespoons of cardamom in it. Uh, Autumn actually got me a thing of cardamom for Christmas. That's how much I wanted to try it. How much I love cardamom. Cool. So that's a stocking stuffer now. Um, <laughs> but she is a she's fantastic. She's a great cook. It's easy to follow things. Mm-hmm. Uh, one little tip that I learned on doing one of her chicken things that I actually do with other chicken recipes. If you have like a full skin-on breast of chicken, mm-hmm. melt some butter and some seasoning. Like not even melt it; just get it soft enough so it's mushy. And then spread it underneath the skin. Yeah, under the skin, and then use your thumbs to push it around, and then pour a little drizzle of olive oil on there and some salt, and you get that nice crispy skin. Mm-hmm. So I, I got that from her. Cool. She is a fantastic cook, and like a lot of the recipes that I get from the Food Network website, I get from her. All right. Uh, another show which you would you would enjoy, I think, uh, is Outrageous Food on Food Network. Yeah, or? on Food Network okay. with the um, with the runner up of the season already went uh, won Tom Pazika. All right. Yeah, um, kind of a big guy with big. You know, his his whole point of view is big food, big appetites. So this show isn't a cooking show. It's like more of the, one of those on the road shows, right? Where you'll see the seventeen pound burrito. And the thirty the thirty foot pizza. That sounds very very suspiciously like man versus food. It is. It's very similar to it, but he doesn't actually. He'll take bites of stuff, and I love watching him when he's in the kitchen and they've got the just the kamikaze hot, you know, like just Hitler hot type of 
of uh, wing sauce, and you just see him. He takes like a little bit, and then he just he always reels back, and then his eyes are wide open because he's just <laughs> gonna let the tears stream. <laughs> it's it's a fun show. He, he's a good he's a good host as well. Uh-huh. He's not overbearing. I, I really I don't care for Guy Fieri that much. You gotta admit he's got a style all his own. He, he definitely has a style all his own. But I, if it's between Guy and Tom, I'm watching Tom. Okay. Um, do you have another show on Food Network? I'm, I got like a bunch of stuff here. So. Um, Dinner Impossible. Okay, um, with Robert Irvine. Yes. I'm a chef and I'm on steroids. Come challenge me in the ring. <laughs> but he, I love watching him. I, I think he's doing like Restaurant Impossible now. Yes, uh, we just watched one a few weeks ago. Yeah, I honestly was amazed because it's, it's stupid people making stupid mistakes that he's got to then go fix. Yeah. And he's always got that look on his face, like, just the last thing, you know, one more thing comes up, and all of a sudden he's going to tear his shirt off, he's like, British Hulk smash! <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, because, yeah. you know, he, he is buff. He is a big guy. Yeah. I, I don't know, his ears, though, I feel like I should just be, like, filling his head with water and, like, filling glasses with it, <laughs> just by holding onto his ears. Um, it, it's an interesting show. It doesn't really teach you much about cooking, more no. than uh, you got to get this done in a half hour. If you don't, I'm ripping your balls off with yeah. my hands. It's kind of like wrestling in that it's entertainment more than it's a sport. Yeah. Or it's entertainment more than it's cooking. In fact, former WWE champion The Miz yeah. is on Dinner Impossible, right? In fact, it was The Miz. It was a big show. It was a whole mess of hmm. wrestlers, actually. Interesting. Another show, and this is uh, going back to the next Food Network star winner of this season, Jeff Morrow and the Sandwich King. All right, it's just getting its it's just getting its uh, bearings going right now. I think this is like the fourth or fifth episode right now. But when I when this guy came on Next Food Network star and said, "I am all about sandwiches," I was like, "Well, then I am all about you," because that's my love. I love sandwiches. I love a good sandwich. Yeah, I adore sandwiches. <laughs> And he makes like these these high end steakhouse like Chicago steakhouse sandwiches and like fish sliders and stuff. It's just fish Nummy. and chip sliders. It's, oh, it's just so good. It's so good. I could go for one of those right now. I could. Yeah, I could too. Unfortunately, we don't own a Dutch oven. It's mm. like we are slowly piecing together all the weird stuff that we need for our kitchen. The Dutch oven is one of them. We just got a uh, an immersion blender a couple weeks ago. We made soup and didn't realize that if you don't have one of those, it's really hard to take the skins out of a tomato soup. Okay. And they roll up and they get hard. Yeah. And then they get caught in your teeth. Not me. Yeah. So uh, we need to move away from food for a little bit. Okay. I'm going gonna, gonna to push that down the list a little bit. All right. Because it's going to make us hungry. Yeah. Okay. Stomach's growling. Let's talk about music. Um, one of your, one of your uh, guys had mentioned something about music. Oh, yes. Yes. Um... Lisa, uh, my former game player, with um, she mentioned it, techno music. Okay. Um, well, there's a little shame in that, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, depends on which techno music you're listening to. Yeah. Today I heard the most blasphemous thing ever. Oh, like a no. techno version of um, the Banana Boat song, Deo. All right. I'm going to go just, just take one of these, these, these pens and punch my ears. Yeah. Um, I heard it on the, on the sound system at work, and I was like... I kind of want to beat this guy to a bloody pulp right now because he's just ruining it. <laughs> yeah. They actually uh, played that at work? Yeah. What do they have on that? What channel do they have that on? No, they just got one of those like CDs from from uh, the main office. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll teach you how to get in there and okay. fix that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, what do you got? Um, I've got some, mind you, some tracks from High School Musical series. Okay, that's yeah. fine. Um, Leave I, your nerd card at the door. Yeah. Well, I can't help it. You know, so I got some, you know my nieces absolutely loved it, mm-hmm. and you know so they had some of the music playing, and I couldn't help but tap my foot along with some of the songs. Okay, yeah. fair enough. It's like catching lightning, the chances of finding someone like you. It's one in a million, the chances of feeling the way we do. And with every step together, we just keep on getting there. And even the worst musicals sometimes have some decent songs. Yeah. What else you got? I also got J-pop. Okay, Japanese pop, right? Yes. I am a big fan of Japanese pop. I can't understand a word of it, but it's got good beats, and I can well, I can't dance to it because I'm white. <laughs> but I can still I still tap my foot along with it. I, in fact, at Anime Boston last year, I bought a couple of CDs from a group that was there. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very good songs. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna bring up one of mine. I know you got some. You got is that all you got on there? No, you got for some music. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, for music. Okay. Um, well, I got a couple things to bring up. Not really happy to be bringing it up, but whatever. Um, I love Michael Bublé more than I really should. And you are making fun of me for high for, school music. Yeah, I know. I know. I. All right. I love that Sinatra, Dean Martin type of ring a ding ding sound. Okay. I really, really do. So do I, but I tend to like it better coming out of Sinatra or Martin. <laughs> Dean Martin yeah. versus this. Or Sammy Davis Jr. Michael Bublé, though, he's got a fantastic voice. I he's will admit he's got a good voice. Actually pretty funny, too. He was on SNL uh, when John Hamm hosted. Okay. And usually when they bring John Hamm on to host, he's usually shilling a product with the word ham in it. <laughs> so, like, the first time he hosted, it was... Uh, John Ham's John Ham, uh, John Ham, the ham you eat in the bathroom, which essentially was ham rolled up in a toilet roll. You know, yeah. if you can wipe your ass with it, don't eat it. Um, and then when Michael Bublé was a musical guest, they had a restaurant called Ham and Bubbly, which essentially they would serve glasses of champagne with gigantic chunks of ham in it. And Michael Bublé is like, well, my, my name's Bublé. Not anymore. It's not. 
And he starts singing Just Haven't Met You Yet, but it's done as, like, his eyes got all black, he then punched my face. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, whenever I was working at Target, I would always say, you want the new Michael Bubbly CD? <laughs> Um, but I, I've got a few of his CDs from the library. There's actually a great song that he does. Um, it's a cover, Cry Me a River. Okay. Which, you know, standard song. But what he does with it, the orchestrations in the song make it sound like a Bond song. All right. I mean, it's just like that. Oh. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, that bah, 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 very bah. big horn, um, orchestra horn section. Yeah. I really almost feel like if you were, if they were to make a video of it, he'd be he'd be there in the tux with the gun, kind of across like the his shadow, chest, yeah, the shadow silhouette <laughs> moving around. It was it really won me over because it was like I got the, I got the Crazy Love CD mainly for just haven't met you yet, and I I ripped it to my iPod, I put it on, and Crimea River was the first thing that came up, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's actually pretty cool. All right, cool. All right, now, the next thing on my list is something that I actually share with Mark. Uh, Mark said, Katy Perry's Firework is on my running playlist, to which I say, I like Katy Perry for no good reason whatsoever, but I can't get enough of her for some odd reason. There is no good reason to like my, uh, Katy Perry. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to beg to differ with that. I know, well, I know the you whole thing. You can beg all you I, want. I ain't going to like yeah, Katy Perry. I got Perry. you. I got you. I understand that when you're working at Circuit City, you used to play I Kissed a Girl all the time. And I friggin' hate that song. Yeah. I honestly think it's her best song, but that's just me. There's something about the bass in her songs that is so infectious. And it's just, I'm having a good time when I'm listening to this. Um, I do wish she wouldn't auto-tune as much, mm-hmm. but she's actually got a decent voice when she's not auto-tuning. Firework is a fun song. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag drifting through the wind wanting to start again? Do you ever feel feel so paper thin like a house of cards one blow from caving in? Do you ever Come on, show up 
Last Friday Night should be a, a, a terrible song, and it's not. Okay. Uh, California Girls is fun. Actually, the, the Teenage Dream album, they're, from what I've heard of it, not a bad song on it. You know what? I don't listen to California Girls, but I do listen to Geek and Gamer Girls. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen that video? No, I haven't. Oh, it's, um, is bas- it a spoof? Yes. It's basically um, Seth, Seth Green, his wife, Claire. Yeah. Okay. She and a few of her friends do this song called Geek and Gamer Girls, where they're it's you know to that song to that tune, but they're singing about geeky and gaming stuff. Nice. That Seth Green even raps a little bit for it. <laughs> Hello, friends. Don't you want to meet a nice girl? So I mean, I really, I really like Katy Perry. I don't know why. I've actually got her saved as a favorite on my Sirius Radio. So whenever a song comes up, it will tell me. And if I'm in the mood to listen, I will hit the OK button and switch over to it. All right. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Let's move on um, to movies. Yeah. Not a whole lot. I I really I figured out why. A lot of it is because if you are going to love movies, you're pretty much a movie nerd to begin with. Yeah. I love historical movies. Okay. No matter what time period it is, um, I really enjoy them. I when autumn gets stuff like we got Anne of a Thousand Days or um, even Gladiator, Braveheart. Uh, oh, the list goes on and on. There's so many good historical movies out there. I like some historical movies, but it kind of depends on the movie. Some okay. some of them are just like, do you like Patriot? The Patriot, yeah. <laughs> I like I like the Patriot too. However, the Patriot has come up with some of the best co- unintentional comedy of all time. Yeah, lines like "Am I upset about a taxation without representation?" Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> or when we were we Autumn and I were almost on the floor laughing because we thought towards the end when Jason Isaacs is the evil Brit is charging after him and he's got his his bayonet out and he's charging over the horse and Mel Gibson turns the American flag. I'm like, oh my god, he's going to get impaled with the American flag. (laughs) (laughs) Message for you, sir! (laughs) Um, Oh god, it was just, there's just so much ridiculous ironies in that movie. Uh, But it it is a good movie. I especially like historical movies when I don't know about everything already. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, A lot of stuff that has anything to do with the Tudor period... I don't know a whole lot. I've learned a lot in the last 11 years because uh, Autumn is a huge Tudors fan. All right. She's got so many books. And, I mean, I'm amazed that she doesn't have Allison Weir on speed dial just to get... She doesn't? No, she doesn't amazingly Amazing. get the lowdown on the next book. But I just, I enjoy watching that. Another thing I really enjoy 
is old school Disney. And I'm yeah. mainly talking the shorts. Like the old black and white Mickey. Oh, right, yeah. Wait, wait, Steamboat Willie? Like Steamboat Willie and those. Those are, they're a lot of fun. I enjoy watching all that old school stuff, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to having Scarlett watch it as well. She watched some of the old, the super old Goofy stuff. The Goofy stuff was good because he always, oh, I, I love those old Goofy where he says like the wide world of sports things. Those are the ones that she loved the most. Those, like are, the those are fantastic. And, yeah. It's also, I, I didn't realize because they, they make a joke of it in, uh, on MST, but it really was the first time I, I learned that skiing is actually sheing. Yeah, well, you're full of skiing. <laughs> so how about you? Do you got anything for movies? Oh, yes. I'm talking with this, with Lanning today. I'm a sucker for shark movies. Like Jaws or? Like, well, Jaws for one, but. It doesn't even have to be a good shark movie. It's just shark movies in okay. general. Okay. So are you going to see Shark Night or whatever movie that no, is? No. Okay. No. With, like, with ones like that, I won't actively go out and watch them. But if I'm like flipping through Sci-Fi Channel and suddenly, pff, there's sharks. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll watch. I saw this. Oh, I think it was called Megalodon starring Anthony Sabato Jr. Oh, Jesus. It was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It's a sci-fi channel movie. Of course it's going to be terrible. But I sat and watched it to the very end. Really? And it sucked. Okay. But I still watched it. All right. So like Sharktopus or uh, mm-hmm. Sharkosaurus Rex. If it's got sharks in it, I'm pretty much going to sit and watch it. Now, on that token, would you watch a Piranha movie? I actually did watch the original Piranha. Okay, the James Cameron. Actually, I think it was Joe Dante. It was, and that one actually gave me the, one of the funniest credits I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, the last credit was for, uh, it was Damn Guard. You know, Damn. for the guard of the dam. Yeah. But I'm just thinking, how did that guy go about on, on his resume? What were you on in Piranha? How was it, Damn Guard? <laughs> Yeah. There you go. I mean, I still think that the the violence in Piranha 3D is so comically awful. I I have yet to watch Piranha oh, 3D. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. It's it, it's on the basement of my Netflix list right now. The yeah. probably will never actually get to basement. But uh, last year, I had actually mentioned this on episode I think 30. We were talking about Comic Con, mm-hmm. and someone had released eight oh, minutes yes. of that. Carnage. Yeah. From Piranha before they they yanked it and realized oh shit no one's gonna come see the movie now they just saw the good stuff <laughs> and nobody did because they saw the good stuff yeah. there's so much gratuitous like just violence and nudity in that <laughs> where you know high tension wires snap and it slices girls in half but you see their boobs first and then like their body <laughs> kind of slides off because it's on an uneven cut the best of both worlds exactly there. exactly all right next I've got Godzilla movies okay. Uh, now I'm mainly talking about like the the post 1985 Godzilla movies yeah. where they were actually good decent special effects. Okay, but I I do also have the original Godzilla on DVD. The original Gohira, the Japanese yep. version. Now is that the one without? Um... Yeah, yes, yeah, so I've got the original subtitled non um, Raymond Burr. Version. Yeah, thank you. I was, I was struggling to remember the name. Yeah, one of our, tw- our followers on Twitter, um, Hot Dogs in the Dark is obsessed with those Godzilla movies. Oh, cool. So, in fact, I, I think it was we t- us talking about that that he ended up following us. Nice. On uh, Facebook, at Geek Salad Radio. Or not Facebook. Uh, Twitter, at Geek Salad Radio. Cool. So, yeah. So, uh, check check out hotdogsinthedark.com because there's some pretty cool Godzilla stuff on there and Godzilla-related stuff. I actually did go out and see Godzilla 2000 in theaters. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Was it okay? I enjoyed it. Yeah. See, I remember there was a whole influx of Godzilla stuff that came out right before the 98 movie came out. Yeah. The dog shit movie where... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Matthew Broderick and... uh, where it wasn't a, it wasn't Godzilla, it was a giant iguana. It was a gigantic iguana, a, a really big iguana that was killed with missiles. Yes, come on, with missiles. Godzilla was never. I mean, you could shoot all you wanted; it would bounce off. Of and then they were attacked by raptors in Madison Square. Oh wait, those weren't raptors. <laughs> no, they were they were giant. They were jumbo pygmy iguanas. Oh god. Ugh. But no, actually, the uh, the next Godzilla movie that they make is yeah. going to be. Uh, kind of a U.S. Uh, Toho code production. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It, they first announced it back in like uh, two two years ago at Comic-Con. They released a poster. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. We, we done with movies? Not um, a lot of people mention movies, but again, I think it's one of those things that it's kind of a, it's kind of its own nerdy thing. I do kind of like we'll call it comedy tour movies. Okay. All except for uh, Larry the Cable Guy. Can't I can't stand Larry the no. I have I, I listened to a few times on the comedy channel Raw Dog Comedy, and when when uh, when a joke falls flat, and then you tell the audience that they should be laughing at it because it's funny, mm-hmm. you have failed as a comedian. Yes. So anyway, uh, let's move on. I think I got my appetite back. Okay. So let's talk about food. Uh, yeah, this is th- this really should be its own nerdy category. I don't know why it's really a guilty pleasure, but Adam mentions blue cheese. Yes, one of the most pungent brothers in all the world of cheeses, engineered by the food gods to be loaded with cheesy, moldy goodness. To quote a wrinkled old voice who must love to have chronic Frank, Frank's red-hot diarrhea, I put that shit on everything. Be it crumbled or in dressing form, I consider it a close second to ketchup and my personal wheelhouse of condiments. Thoughts all on right. blue cheese? Um, I tend to avoid it. Okay. I tend to... I, I, I don't hate blue cheese. I don't exactly love it, but I'll have it from time to time. Um, usually, I'll, I mainly have it when I'm confusing it with ranch. All right. Oh, yeah, it's, that, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's not bad. I think. I think as my kind of my, my food horizons, I've been widening lately. Maybe I'll have to come back and give it a try and put it on something. Maybe a hamburger. I've heard that that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I had a hamburger a couple years ago. We were in Maine. And it has something very similar. Um, ricotta? Maybe, no, not ricotta. Uh, maybe it was gorgonzola. Feta? No, I, oh. I think it was gorgonzola. It was very similar to blue cheese without the mold. Okay. So it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Um, uh, so uh, Jonna's got one for you. Yeah, Jonna brought up smutty romance novels and chocolate chip cookie dough, sometimes together. Uh, yeah, because that, that is kind of a food in and of itself. Yeah. Have you ever, like, you, have you ever just eaten straight up cookie dough? Um, not unless it's I've, you know, made cookies and then kind of looked at the bowl. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've learned something that usually eating the the cookie dough itself mm-hmm. is okay if you eat a small bit, but there's still raw egg in there. Yeah. And it will make you violently ill. It could, yes. It did to me, so <laughs> I don't eat cookie dough anymore. Enough said. But again, yeah, I'll lick the, I'll lick the beaters or yeah. whatever. That's just how it works. That's just cleaning it. Come on. All right. One thing I had to bring up, something I am absolutely just completely insane about, is chili cheese on whatever. All right. On Twitter uh, yesterday, Alton Brown was talking about how he doesn't get the concept of chili dogs. All right. Um, Autumn had brought it up as she she saw his point that um, essentially it's meat on meat. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. 
depends. Do you want to have a layer of cheese in between? You do have to have the cheese on it, but here's what you do. You put cheese on the hot dog, the uh-huh. hot, hot dog, and then you put the chili on top of that, and then you put more cheese on. So you got a sandwich of cheese in there. Hmm. Ah. It's kind of like a pizza with oh, a I, hot dog. In I would put dog. chili and cheese on a pizza if I could. No, I'm sure you could. I'm sure I'm sure you could. I put it on french fries. In fact, that'll probably be tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I put it on french fries. Um, when we have chili, I actually like use those scoops, those, mm-hmm. those, those tortilla scoops, and I just scoop it up. Uh, f- football night is chili night in my house. So we, uh, we definitely... Open I the will, windows. Yeah, I will put it on anything. And another thing that I'm really into lately are hot peppers, like jalapenos and poblano peppers. And I can't handle those. I, I My mouth is very sensitive to heat, and oh. so I tend to avoid those. I made these nachos. Uh, this was a couple of months ago. This is before I was like, you know what? I need to drop a few pounds. I'm almost 40. I need to drop a few pounds. I made these peppers. I had a house all to myself. So I got a bag of chips. I got um, Velveeta cheese. Melts really well on that. Yep. And a, like about three or four really hot peppers. Jalapenos, poblanos, you name it. Cut them all up, sauteed them, put them on this just mountainous thing of cheese and beef and everything. And I really just made my own plate of nachos. Oh my God, I want, I was just, fire was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> and I didn't realize, I was like, why is, I, like, I, I burnt my mouth so much that you get like that little flap yeah. in your mouth. And it occurred to me, it wasn't the peppers at all. It was the cheese that caused that. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is why Autumn should not leave you alone too often. Yeah. <laughs> but when she does, oh, the magic that happens in the kitchens. <laughs> um, you want to bring one up? Yeah, it's just a quick thing. Um, Weight Watchers ice cream things, they've got these little, they're like little double packs of different, you know, different sundaes. Speaking of cookie dough, they've got like this cookie dough sundae. It's got, you know, it's... Chocolate chip cookie with ice cream on top, yep. and then chocolate chip cookie dough bites and fudge sauce on top. Okay. You're supposed to microwave them for five seconds. Really? Five seconds. I, I've always found the concept of microwave ice cream to be the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's more for the fudge sauce. It's uh, the thigh. I understand that, and they probably like flash freeze the ice cream, too, so it's probably, like yeah. that hard Carvel cake type of ice cream. But they're, I mean, it's, you're supposed to only eat one. I eat them both because they're so good. <laughs> so I'm kind of breaking the Weight Watchers. Yeah, I was going to say, that completely defeats <laughs> the purpose of the Weight Watchers end of things. Uh, who cares? They're good. All of a sudden, now it's your belly watchers. So, um, oh, did you have some, oh, good yes. lord, we skipped over a whole bunch of TV stuff Mike wanted to talk about, that's yeah. my fault, go ahead, go ahead. Jumping back to TVs briefly here, um, this, I'm a sucker for Discovery Channel reality slash survival shows. Okay. Like, um, not so much Man vs. Wild, I'm, I don't, I'm not a big Bear Girls fan, but Dual Survival is fantastic. Alright. Survivor Man is awesome. Um, yeah, um, I mentioned, um, Deadliest Catch. Yep. Love watching that show. Yep. Um, I'm a big Anglophile. Okay. I will watch tons of British TV. All right. I'm a big fan of, like, Top Gear, uh, Are You Being Served, Red Dwarf. He's been programmed to believe in an android heaven, so that he doesn't get stroppy when it comes to turn-off time. So he accepts a lifetime of getting the short end of the stick because he thinks there's going to be some big reward at the end. Well, at least he gets 24 hours notice. That's more than most of us get. All most of us get is mind that bus, what bus, splat. <laughs> How's he taking it? 
just carries on doing his stupid smacking duties. Maybe I should talk to him. Maybe he needs a bit of counselling. You. I used to be in the Samaritans. I know, for one morning. Well, I couldn't take any more. I don't blame you. He spoke to five people and they all committed suicide. I wouldn't mind, but one was a wrong number. He only phoned up for the cricket scores. Well, it's hardly my fault that everyone chose that particular day to throw themselves off buildings. Made the papers, you know. Lemming Sunday, they called it. <laughs> um, all these British comedies, you know, Monty Python not included. Yeah. Well, no, Monty Python included, well, actually. Well, yeah, of course, yeah. But, you know, we dedicated a show to that one. Yeah, we did, and we really need to do a show on British TV. Yeah. At some point. Uh, 2012 is a new year. I think we're going to... We're going to throw that into the mix at some point. Yeah. When we, start, when we continue doing the votes. But our 2012 is actually... I noticed our 2012 is already booking up. Really? Yeah, it is. Cool. Not too bad. So, you know, three more months of, this, uh, of 2011, then we get 2012, and we're... I have a, I have a project that I want to do, but we'll get into that on another day. Yeah. So anyway, was that ever... You had something mm-hmm. else on I there. Yeah. Um, not only am I a big Anglophile, I'm also a Japanophile. I am a big fan of Sentai and Kamen Rider shows. Uh, basically, these are kind of the shows that Power Rangers were based on. Yep. But the original Japanese is so much better. Okay. Well, it couldn't be worse, to be honest. Well, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, they're, they're, they really tackle some some heavy, some heavier topics. Okay. Like, they actually include death and blood. Well, of course. They're not wimpy Americans like exactly, us. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> fact, I just watched the first episode of the new Kamen Rider show, uh, Kamen Rider 4s. All right. It was fun. It, it um, It's kind of more kiddie than I was used to, but... I'm I'm gonna give him time to expound on that. Okay. Um, I also enjoy some J dramas, you know, Japanese dramas. Yep. Um, moving on, MacGyver. Yep. Huge sucker for MacGyver. Okay. <laughs> Come on. I mean, yeah, I, and it, it's really kind of the well, you know, I made this nuclear warhead out of uh, three paper clips and a and a pretzel stick. He would never make a nuclear warhead. He That's was true. Not he was against violence. Okay. <laughs> That mullet man, you know? <laughs> that mullet is going to make hey, you want to kill somebody, you though. Get that large and in charge, man. <laughs> I'll party in the back over here. <laughs> and finally, MXC. Okay. You ever seen M- MXC? No. Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. What is it? Oh, what is it? It was on Spike TV um, for, like, for about five seasons. It was basically they took um, footage from an old 1980s Japanese game show called yep. Takeshi's Castle. Okay. And they redubbed it. Completely, like, they they took out the voice and they're not even redubbing it with like a translation. They're just they're kind of spoofing it. Exactly. All right. But they did such a funny job of it. I mean, oh. it was great. Oh, we'll have to get a, a clip of that for the uh, for the website. Yeah, um, you can easily find it on. Well, you can easily stream it on Netflix, I believe. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up our. Uh, Guilty pleasures. I think so. so, too. I think we need to put our nerd hats back on and get into some of our se- segments, okay? Gotcha. This is... Stupid! Stupid! All right. I got to bring this one up. I posted this on my personal Facebook page, and I'll post it again on the uh, on, on our Geek Salad pa- uh, page. Okay. Chick beer. Yeah. Apparently, um, 25% of beer drinkers are women. Really? It could be higher than that. 25%? 25%, really? yes. It could be higher than that if the bottle were pink. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not kidding you. This beer essentially is trying to make it look sexy for women to drink beer. They're trying to corner the market there. 
Exactly. Oh my god. I posted this thing on Facebook and I just got like some hate. Here's some absolute this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, okay, so it's a beer, it probably tastes like water. But the bottle is light for your weak little girl arms. <laughs> and the uh, the words are really nice and big for your inferior female brains. And, um, you know, it'll make you forget about stuff like nagging us about asking for directions or uh, putting the toilet seat down. Disclaimer, Andy is being very sarcastic I'm right being, now. I'm dripping with sarcasm right now. I'm, I, someone has showered me in syrup and I'm just... It's so thick and rich, the sarcasm right now. This is the stupidest thing I've heard of. <laughs> Seriously, as a product, it's ridiculous. A week before, uh, JCPenney put out a shirt called I'm Too Pretty for Math, so I make my brother do it. They posted, they put it up on, on the JCPenney webpage to sell. Oh, yeah, and they took they it down. Got like... with it within an hour because somebody posted it on Facebook and the, the gates of hell opened up. <laughs> It was a, unbelievable how much hate was, was, was focused towards this shirt. Even, I mean, on, on, on Keith Olbermann's worst persons list, that was on there. The, 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 the T-shirt. I'm amazed Chick Beer hasn't been pulled yet. Yeah, give it time. Yeah, I just, you know what? I just want to see a girl drinking it and then ask her why. <laughs> I really, really do. Depends. Does she look like Barbie? <laughs> You know, I'm only half tempted to buy like a six pack of this if I see it at the liquor store just because like, okay, woman, drink. (laughs) Um, All right. On a more serious note with Stupid Stupid this week. Yeah. All right, folks. My Stupid Stupid for this week. I've been thinking about this for a week and a half. Star Wars fans who can't let it go. The worst episode ever. Rest assured that I was on the internet within minutes, registering my disgust throughout the world. Hey, I know it wasn't great, but what right do you have to complain? As a loyal viewer, I feel they owe me. What? They're giving you thousands of hours of entertainment for free. What could they possibly owe you? I mean, if anything, you owe them. Worst episode ever. Let's just come right out and say it. Star Wars Blu-rays are coming out. They have been altered again by George Lucas. Yes. Um, Did they need to be altered? Not necessarily. Can George Lucas do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. They are his movies. Yeah. This isn't like somebody who owns the rights to the movies colorizing them, which is what happened in 1988. A lot of people were bringing up George Lucas uh, testifying in front of Congress over the colorization of movies, and he said that no one should alter a movie. He's talking about the people that own the rights to the movie. Yeah. That aren't the actual filmmakers. These are George Lucas's movies. For yeah. better or worse, they are his movies. He directed four of them. Yeah. He was the producer and writer for all of them. All of them, except he did not, in fact, write the screenplay for Empire Strikes Back. He did the story by. <coughs> right. Yeah. I do want to bring this up, because this has gotten completely left out of this debate. Now, I'm putting my air quotes here for debate. It's not a debate. Empire remained unchanged from the original special edition, and nobody has brought that up. As any, they have not come to the defense of any of this stuff, or even just been like, "Guys, we gotta let this go." Was saying the best of these movies was left unaltered. And to be honest, the special edition helped Empire a lot. Yeah, we we said this before. It cosmetically changed the movie to a point that it's more pleasing to the eye without actually changing anything about the story. Right. Opening up Cloud City was fantastic. Oh yeah. It looks so much better. They cleaned up some crappy-looking special effects. Yep. It looked better. Now, um, let's get some of the changes. 
in Star Wars, when um, Luke has been attacked by the Sand People, they've changed the uh, the thing that scares the Sand People. <clears throat> the Crate Dragon Call. The Crate Dragon Call, yes. Um, whoopee. I was enjoying the movie up to that point. I'm going to continue enjoying the movie beyond that point. To be honest, until I actually heard that it was it was the call of the Crate Dragon, I had no idea what the hell he was doing and why that would scare the people away. Right, exactly. It, it, especially the first one. I mean, they changed it once for special edition yeah. to make it a little more high-pitched. So that makes more sense, to make yeah. it sound like something that would actually terrify, you know, the murderous scavengers of the desert. Exactly. Except this, you know... Why Why are they running from a guy dressed in a bathrobe who's screaming really loud? Exactly. Um, so there's that. They added some additional uh, TIE fighters to the most complex scene ever shot on camera. Yeah. The, in uh, Return of the Jedi. Battle of Yavin? No. no oh, oh, no. The Battle oh, of Endor. Return of the Jedi. Okay. In, in Return of the Jedi, one of the most complex shots is when the Millennium Falcon flies out of a swarm of TIE fighters. Yeah. They just added a few more. Big Who deal. Who cares? Um, the, the the big point of contention yeah. is the Darth Vader no. Yeah. He, which we have a clip of, so let's play that. Um, yeah. Was it needed? No. Um, it... I can see why he would put it in there, but I can also see why people would prefer it not to be in there. Right, I mean, it's just, it, it brings back the memories of the no from uh, Revenge of the Sith. But at the same time, I mean, really, when you think about the movie prior to that, it's almost like, okay, he's killing my kid, and eh, he goes and throws him off the edge. Yeah. Okay. So at least, he, you know... It actually does give them a little more conflict. Yeah. Um, then there's the big change. The Ewoks have blinking eyelids. To which I say, fuck you, George Lucas. Um, <laughs> oh, seriously. They were so cute. It's, such, it's a stupid addition. It's going to look creepy. But again, um, let's see, six times 12. Ru- roughly about 13 hours mm-hmm. of moviedom. And you're going to cry about 15 seconds? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick. I'm still picking up on a Friday. Yep, yep. I'll, I'll be asking for that for Christmas. I've already got like, I've already put down like forty bucks towards it. Okay. So. And I guess uh, you're better off buying the full collection at once instead of buying the two sets individually because it's the same There's an place extra disc. and you get an extra disc. Yeah. Yeah. So, folks, we gotta let it go. All right. Our childhoods are far beyond behind us now. And realistically speaking, most kids today and don't. Make no mistake, this is still marketed for children. Yeah. These kids don't know the difference. No. You know, they they grew up with a special edition. Mm-hmm. Fine. They're getting like 15 seconds more stuff. Yeah. It's going to be added in, all right? Yeah. You're buying you're you're going to buy it anyway. You're going to buy it for the deleted scenes. You're going to buy it for all like the plethora of of uh extras and documentaries. Very good use of the word. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Cuz there are tons. Yeah. If that is not worth your 80 or 90, dollars, I don't know what is. I don't know. So, 
and you're Plus, getting in high definition. In high definition, for fuck's sake, everybody, let it go. Yeah. All right. Um, let's move on. We haven't done this this in a while. Hmm. Let's welcome back Trailer Park. We're gonna be talking about the movie Moneyball. There are rich teams and there are poor teams. Then there's fifty feet of crap, and then there's us. That's a dollar, man. What? Welcome to Oakland. I need more money. We're not New York. Find players with the money that we do have. I like Perez. Got an ugly girlfriend. Ugly girlfriend means no confidence. You guys are talking the same old nonsense. Like we're looking for Fabio. We got to think differently. Who's Fabio? Your goal shouldn't be to buy players. Your goal should be to buy wins. And in order to buy wins, you need to buy runs. Who are you? I'm Peter Brand. First job in baseball? It's my first job anywhere. We're going to shake things up. Why don't you walk me through the board? I believe there's a championship team that we can afford because everyone else undervalues them, like an island of misfit toys. We want you at first base. I've only ever played catcher. It's not that hard, Scott. Tell him, watch. It's incredibly hard. He can't throw. But what can he do? Do you want me to speak? When I point you yet. He gets on base. We are card counters at the blackjack table. We're going to turn the odds on the casino. I'm heading in. Text me to play by play. Wait, what? I don't watch the games. All right. So as a non-baseball fan, what did you think of the trailer? I'm trying to decide whether or not they're making it into a taut drama or a lighthearted comedy. I think it's a little bit of both. It'll probably be a dramedy. It kind of looks like a more serious true-life version. You know, where they are... Just they're going with the worst of the worst mm-hmm. and trying to find the best in them, and then throw in Jonah Hill. Yeah, well, whatever. He looks like he's actually kind of in control, <laughs> which is good. Um, he's keeping that Jufro low. Oh, it, it's like slick back. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I read the book. The book is a fantastic read because it really does turn um, baseball player prospecting. In a different light. Okay. Kevin Euclid of the Boston Red Sox is mentioned extensively in the book. Really? They call him the Greek god of walks. He almost ended up on the athletics. Oh. Because in college, he was doing nothing but drawing walks. And the entire thing is based on on-base percentage. Mm-hmm. Some teams follow that now. A lot of teams don't. Right. They look for power. Yeah. And that's all they're looking for. They're looking for powerful pitchers and powerful batters. And that's it. It makes more sense to look for on base. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because that will always cause more runs. Yeah. Uh-huh. And more I, runs means more points. More points, which Me- means more wins. Yeah. There you go. See, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. So I am looking forward to this movie. Um, outside of the Muppets, I think this is the only thing I'm looking forward to. Um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, outside of the video games, because i got a few video games coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. I... I'm looking forward to this, but we are going to be inundated come November with the with the freaking Breaking Dawn oh, Part One. Uh, pow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You want to move on? Let's move on. Yeah. Okay. Salad shills. We are back in full uh, full tilt here. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to do an all podcast edition for myself. Wait a second. All podcasts. On a podcast. I know. The earth is going to collapse upon itself any minute. We're on a collision course to wackiness. <laughs> uh, there were two I want to bring up. Uh, one, I thanks to um, Geek Cell listener Mark, mm-hmm. who uh, t- actually told my wife about this. 
and so that she would really enjoy it. And I'm actually enjoying it as well. She was actually listening to this right before we took the laptop exactly. away from Exactly. Give me that laptop. You can listen to that later. Um, the History Chicks. At www.historychicks.com, you can also get to them on the iTunes store, just typing in uh, History Chicks. Fantastic little podcast. Uh-huh. Um, the, the thing I like about it, and is so dear to my heart, is that they're, they're kind of, I, th- I think they're working on the same budget that we're working on. Which is to say, very little to none. Very little to none. I think they've got the same setup that we do. You can hear cars driving in the back, you know, in the back. Oh, nice. Uh, their first couple of episodes, they're muddled with audio issues, much like we were for the first uh, 20 <laughs> episodes. Or actually, no, 12 episodes, I think. No, wait, wait. Well, when do we change computers? Um, yeah, about 12. 11 or so. 12. 11 or 12, we but switched then, computers. But then we got the crappy microphone. Yeah, we had the crappy microphone. So, yeah, we, we this has been a step-up process, yeah. as is the History Chicks. Uh, check it out. They're actually doing something that we're going to kind of follow suit with very soon. They, on their website, uh, again, historychicks.com, they have um, entries of historical pictures and stuff from what they talk about. And all they talk about are women in history. Cool. Uh, fiction, fictional and real people. I just finished one on Princess Charlotte, who was um, as a, a predecessor to uh, Queen Victoria. Mm. And uh, it's just it's some fun stuff. And again, getting back to that history thing, it's just stuff I didn't know about, and I really enjoyed it. I actually just listened to uh, the Helen Keller podcast today while I was making dinner. Okay, They're very interesting. Another one I want to bring up is Oscar Talk. Um, their website is www.incontention.com, and it's uh, Chris Tapley and oh, good lord, why can't I think of her name now? Anne. Anne Hayes. No, it's not Anne Hayes. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I'm Don't sorry. I can't me. even remember what her name is. Um, oh my god, this is gonna drive me nuts. Anne Thompson. Okay. Thompson on Thompson on Hollywood. And they start the show um, in September and go all the way to the Oscar season. What they do is they, they're actually legitimate film critics. And they go to all the film festivals. And they kind of give you a really accurate look of what's going to end up being in. And their discussion usually is, well, how's this? How does this play? Um, and they just take it from there. It's very interesting. And I, I like the show even though I disagree with a lot of what they say. All right. Um, primarily because... They loved Avatar. Oh. And there were just certain things. like They actually really liked Transformers, Dark of the Moon. Ew. But they were kind of making fun of Thor. How dare they? I know. I know. But I, I do I do find the conversation very, very interesting. Okay. So, hey, I'm willing to, I, I, I'm willing to listen to it once a week. What did they think of Captain America? Um, popcorn movie. Oh. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. But still, it's an interesting lesson. So, um, check check out both of those. I give them both high thumbs up. Okay. And for you, Mike. I have started collecting a few of the DC New 52. Boo! Oh, I'm sorry. Was, I, was that mic on? Yeah. All right. Um, they're actually not too bad. Uh, it's, I, mean, I mean, they're counting on um, this to get new readers in. And apparently it's working very well. Okay. The trick is going to be, can they keep the new readers? Can they get past the first month? Right. I mean, so far I've picked up um, Justice League number one. Yep. Action Comics number one. Detective Comics number one. And Batgirl number one. All right. And I've actually skimmed through most of the rest. Um, They're actually very, um, pretty good. Okay. Um, Justice League, very nice because 
it's showing you know, a Green Lantern and Batman meeting for the first time. Okay. They've heard about each other, but you know, Batman's kind of making fun of him, saying like, "There's no such thing as a space cop." Yep. And um, <laughs> and Green Lantern kind of has a shock when he realizes that you don't have superpowers; you're just a guy in a bat suit. <laughs> but nice. you know, they they do kind of like. You know, they kind of play off each other. Yeah. And then they decide, um, they, you know, have to deal with a rather alien threat who says, for Darkseid before blowing up. Oh. So it looks like Darkseid's going to be the first main villain for them. Okay. And then they go to Metropolis to, you know, because that's the only al- other alien they know about. <laughs> and um, it ends, the first issue ends with um, uh, Superman totally blasting um, Green Lantern away and then saying, you know, just talking to Batman and saying, who's next, basically. <laughs> DC has done a good job at the startup of stuff. Yeah. Introducing characters is one thing. DC has never been great in the long-term execution, though. And this is really where it's going to be. Are we going to stick with the same old, same old? They've just hit the restart button again. I'm not sure how how well they're doing with action comics because uh, it's they're kind of like making Superman into a little bit more of a Batman-type figure where he's he's kind of acting a little bit outside the law. Like, he, he busts in a breaks up this uh, mob meeting. He's, like, holding a, the lead mobster yep. above his head on the railing. Oh, the cops geez. come in. You know, it's like, put him down, put him down. And so he drops him over the side, then catches him before. Yeah. In order, in order to get a confession from him. You were one mean drunk Superman. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Bad Girl is actually really interesting because they don't discount the killing joke. Okay. But Barbara Gordon is fully um, functional again. She's walking. Right. So they, they the way they have it is that she was completely paralyzed for about three years, and then she miraculously gets better. Okay. They haven't really gone into the depth of how how that happened yet. So I'm th- I'm thinking that's going to be a much bigger plot because right. actually the main villain that she's facing first is this guy named Mirror, who is go- who is going after and killing people that survive you know survive accidents that they should not have survived from. Okay. So. Huh. And also, what's really what's most interesting, I think, is that in the in the last issue of Flashpoint, Flashpoint number five, you know, you see Barry Allen trying to bring all the realities back together, and you see this this kind of cloaked woman that's got like like almost tattoos all over her face. Yep. She says like you have you know there's an invasion coming. You've got to get all the realities back together. Okay. And then in every single issue of the New Fifty Two thus far, and I guess she's going to be in every one. In one frame, you see a quick shot of her. Huh. She just appears in the background of every single issue. And All right. you don't know who she is. You don't know what she is, what she's doing here. But it it's definitely the laying groundwork for something much bigger from her. Oh. Be interested in checking that out. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, that kind of concludes yet another fine episode. Yes, it does. So let's talk about what's coming up. Episode 53, as chosen by our Geek Salad family. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was close. Yeah. And actually it came down to a tie between um, our topic and Disney, the dark side of Disney. We just did a Disney show in episode 49, so we want to get a little more space in between. Right. All right? Um, chances are that'll end up being fi- uh, episode 54. Yeah. But episode 53 is going to be all about time travel. Yeah, time travel in TV shows and movies, etc. Yeah, this is actually a suggestion from our number one super fan, Adam. Yeah. So uh, it was a great idea. It's right. something we've been looking to talk to. Uh, so we're going to talk about stuff like Back to the Future, uh, Quantum Leap, Star Trek, Doctor Who, to a certain extent. We have a show coming up in 2012 about Doctor Who. Yes. 
All right. Um, we are going to talk all about that. We want to know what some of your favorite uh, time travel movies are, TV shows. Also, what questions do you have about time travel and uh, the amount of plot holes that can be generated from such? Yeah, there seems to be like two main sources of, of time travel. One that it kind of takes you to an alternate reality that you have to jump back from. Yep. Or two, that it causes instant changes right away. And all I know is that if I were ever see a the past or future version of myself, the Earth would explode. I don't know. I think I wouldn't recognize them. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, uh, so that's what's coming up. Wait a second. Is that why the person that looked like me in the future beat me up when I was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Suicidal bastard. Um... So that's what's going on. So you can get to us in a number of different ways. You can uh, email us your suggestions at geeksalad at yahoo.com. Check out our Facebook page, uh, including our Geek Salad Facebook page. We'll also be putting the call out um, closer to recording time mm-hmm. for that. Yep. Uh, don't forget about us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. And for those of you with the smartphones, check us out on Stitcher. Download mm-hmm. the, the free Stitcher app. I did find out that it essentially will archive episodes from the date we started with Stitcher. Right. So there's only about two episodes on there right now. We are working on getting some more retro episodes out. Mm-hmm. I, and I actually have, if you vi- do visit the uh, our Facebook site, I have managed to get a podcast player on there that has all the episodes. Yes, so you you can actually do it from work. Yeah. If you need to. If you can access Facebook. If you can work. access Facebook from work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you don't have an MP3 player or yeah. smartphone, check it out there. Yeah. So, until next time, I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. I'm guilty as charged. You got me. I'm guilty as charged. The decision of the council is now fixing to be heard. Guilty. Guilty. Oh, you're so freaking guilty.